0: Today's scripture reading is filed in Deuteronomy, chapter eight, verses one through 20. It can be found in your bulletin. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised on oath to your forefathers. humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Lord Lord Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams and pools of water, with springs flowing in the valleys and hills. A land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of those hills. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. And when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied. He led you through the vast and dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He bought you water out of hard rock. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods of worship and bow down to them I testify against you today that you will be surely destroyed this is the word of God for the people of God
1: thank you very much Uh, please join me in prayer Gracious loving God, we give you thanks for giving us this time and this place for us to gather together so that we may take our eyes off the black dot in our lives to see your greater blessings, your graces, and your love for us in our lives. So, Lord, we come now and with open mind, open hearts, and open ears. Lord, speak to us. Help us to see your great blessings, and uh, the depth of your love for us as we hear your word. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, and this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there's a term in English that describes the process of maturation in human development. It is called coming of age. When we say that a person has come of age, what we mean is that the person has reached a certain level of maturity. It is similar to what Paul describes in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where he says, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. The coming of age implies that a person has matured in such a way that the person no longer talks like a child, thinks like a child, and reasons like a child. This is to say that there are multiple levels of maturity that people achieve in their development. And these levels of maturity are determined not by physical age of the person, but by the kind of the heart that informs and dictates a person's thinking and behavior. The truth of the matter is that there are people who are only 16 or 17 years old, but who have certainly come of age. And then there are people who have passed through the stage of physical puberty several decades ago, but are still immature in their thinking and behavior. When it comes to our Christian faith, similar thing can be said. There are many levels of maturity in Christian faith and the maturity of our faith is not determined by how long we've been going to church or have been a member of a church. Maturity in Christian faith is a matter of the heart and mind, not of time. In other words, a mature Christian is not necessarily someone who has been going to church for a long time, but a person whose words, thoughts, and actions reflect certain Christian virtues character and understanding that are admirable and exemplary and one of the true indicators of faith that has come of age is the depth and size of one's gratitude. So I want us to think about gratitude this morning as a way of understanding where we may be in our faith's journey and what it means to have come of age in our Christian faith. And I want to do this by making some observations about how children are when it comes to giving thanks and compare them to how people have come of age in their faith to give thanks. Now first, one of the main characteristics of many children is that they are more excited about the gift than the giver. So they often fail to give thanks. You know, just a few weeks ago, we. Um, we had Halloween, and the kids were all like on the streets going from home to home trick-or-treating. And I remember when my kids were younger, I also went on trick-or-treating with them. And as, we, as I took them from one house to the next, you know, kids are so excited because they're getting this candy, and they love candy. And they have this big bag, you know, and the big bag is, 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 is filling with candies. But every time they go knock on the door, trick-or-treat, and they give the candy, they're so excited about these candies and they can wait to go to the, house, the, the next house. So what do they do? They get the candy and they run to the next house, forgetting to do something, which is thank to thank them. So it is common seeing that when we go trick-or-treating and when you see those kids with parents, the parents on the ha- Halloween day, all they do is they follow the kids, then they stand there and they remind them after they get the candies, they say, what do you say, what do you say, what do you say? So probably the parents said that a thousand times on, on one Halloween day, right? So they keep reminding their kids what they have to say after they receive the candy from the people. See, one of the sins of the Israelites that really angered God was that they easily and repeatedly forgot about the giver. Not only did they forget what God has done for them, But in their forgetfulness, they also fail to let God be God in their lives. So we read in the text today how God reminds them over and over again to remember God, especially when things go well. So we read in verse 2, Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years. See, it says, remember, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years. And then verse 10 and 11, it says, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. And then finally in verse 18, he says, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. You know, a 13-year-old boy was working in his first job in a small town general store. And this was before the time of shopping malls and supermarket chains. And he was hired as a handy boy, and he would sweep the floor, bag items for customers, and stock the shelves. And one day, he heard the owner say to one of the clerks, hey, it's that time of the year again. It's time to take inventory. And not knowing what that meant, the boy went up to the owner and asked, Sir, what is an inventory? Impatiently, the owner explained that it was a time when you made a list of everything that you had, from groceries on the shelves to wrapping paper and strings. Still somewhat puzzled, the young boy asked, why? Well, responded the owner, it's easy to forget exactly how much you have each year. Every now and then, you have to take an inventory just to see what all you have. That little story pretty sums up what Thanksgiving is all, all about. It is a time when, we, when each of us needs to ask ourselves the question. Have I taken inventory of my life lately? What is suggested here is not some shallow count your blessings platitude. But from time to time, in a genuine kind of a way, all of us need to sit down and have a conversation with ourselves about all of the gifts, opportunities, and challenges that God has given each one of us. Perhaps there is a deep underlying wisdom in the children's poem that says, count your blessings one by one, and you might be surprised what the Lord has done. One of the marks of Christians who have come of age is that they remember from whom the blessings come. Amen? So they always remember to thank God for all things in life. They remember to express their gratitude in tangible ways through giving their time, talent, and treasure in the church, through living a life of service and also through worship. You know the word worship. You know what it means, don't you? The worship means to give or place worth on something. So in this case, in our case, it is God. So worship is an act of giving credit to God. So when we worship, we remember God and we give God the credit for all the blessings in our lives. The second characteristic of children in their thanksgiving is that they usually give thanks for the things that please them rather than what is good for them. They give thanks in this way because children often fail to see the big picture. Kids are very simple in their understanding of thanksgiving. Their thanksgiving is caused more by getting the services and things that please them than those things that are good for them. For this reason, they give thanks when they get their favorite games or toys or when they get get what they really wanted. But they resent and become bitter when they are disciplined, when they are asked to do hard work, or when they are given something that does not give them personal pleasure even if they are meant to bring about a greater good in the end. And that is how kids are. Same can be said for many of us with God. We have to ask ourselves whether or not our thanksgiving is for the things that please us rather than for what God is doing in our lives or in our church for our own good. Notice what Moses tells the Israelites in verse 5, right? In verse five he says, know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Then in verse 15, Moses says, he led you through the vast and dreadful desert, that thirsty and waterless land, with his venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known, to humble and to test you so that in the end, it might go well with you. Amen? See, the key phrase here is this, in the end, it might go well with you. What Moses is saying here is that just as God led people through the dreadful desert and put them through experiences that humbled them and tested them and thereby enabled them to be more trusting in their relationship with God, God will also lead us through life in this world in such a way that we will become more trusting and loving in our relationship with God. You know, one praise song that I personally like that reflects this deep sense of gratitude and trust for God's care and guidance is the song called Through It All. And the lyric of the song goes like this. I've had many tears and sorrows, I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times I didn't know right from wrong, but in every situation, God gave blessed consolation that my trials come to only make me strong. I've been to lots of places, and I've seen a lot of faces. There have been times i felt so all alone, but in my lonely hours, yes, those precious lonely hours, Jesus let me know that I was his own. I thank God for the mountains, and I thank him for the valleys. I thank him for the storms he brought me through, for if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that he could solve them. I'd never know what faith in God could do. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus, I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, Through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. It's unfortunate because we don't have the screens today. Because this is the song that we were going to sing right after sermon today. And I just realized as I was reading this, oh my goodness, we don't have the screen today. And we don't have the songs printed. But we do have a version in 507 hymnal 507, but it doesn't have all these lyrics. It only has the refrain, I think, through it all, through it all. So maybe we'll just sing that 507 instead of the entire song. Once again, we apologize. And take this as a sign, maybe God is moving in your hearts for you to donate a, a projector for our ministry. Amen? Yeah, those of you who said amen, God is working in you, all right. You know, many things in our lives do not give pleasure. I don't have to tell you this for you to know, right? Many things in our lives do not give pleasure. But then again, our thanksgiving should not be grounded in the things that give us pleasure, but ultimately in the things that make us whole, more sincere and loving, and those things that draw us ever more closer to God and to each other. People say that hindsight is always 2020. What this means is that we do not always understand what we are going through at that time. We always say that God is good and that He's good not just sometimes, but all the time. What this means is that He is always at work in bringing all of our life circumstances to accomplish the good will that He has for His children. Are you going through some things these days for which you have difficulty understanding its purpose and meaning? It is important for us to know that God does not always ask us to understand him and what he's doing in our lives. But there is one thing that God always, always asks us to do, and that is to trust him as we believe that God is good and faithful. You know, faith in essence is not trusting God because we understand what God is doing or because God makes sense to us. No, faith is trusting God even when we do not fully understand where He is taking us or what he's doing in our lives. And at, that, at the end, it is only those who can trust God that can give thanks to God. If we can trust that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, and who have been called according to his purpose, then we can give thanks to God in all situations of life. Finally, children's thanksgiving is always for something rather than in something. In other words, their thanksgiving is grounded in the things rather than in faith. See, this brings to our third and final point, which is the idea that true Christian thanksgiving is grounded in faith that we have in God than in the things in life. See, kids give thanks for something rather than for nothing. In other words, kids' thanksgiving is one that is almost always motivated by the things that they receive that they can touch, see, and feel. But when they get older and come of age, they begin to express gratitude even if they do not get the things they wanted. Mature Christian faith and Christian gratitude is very similar. It is right for us as Christians to give thanks for all the good things that God has done for us and given us in our lives, such as our families, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and for this church, for abundance in life, and the opportunities that we have in life. But our Christian faith challenges us to take a step further in our thanksgiving. And it is this, that our thanksgiving should be grounded in our relationship with God and in our faith more than anything else. Amen? That our thanksgiving should be grounded in our relationship with God, in our faith, more than anything else. See, when it comes down to it, I want my children to be thankful because I am their father, not because I buy them what they always wanted to have or because I play with them. What if my money runs out and I become too sick to spend time with them. What will they do then? When it comes down to our faith and giving thanks to God, our thanksgiving should be motivated by our faith in God who promised to be present in our lives and be our Lord. If our faith and thanksgiving is grounded in anything else, then we will quickly find praise and thanksgiving disappear from our hearts and our lips when conditions and situations change in our lives. Let us remember that for our Christian forefathers and mothers, the most intense moments of thankfulness were not found in times of plenty, but when there were difficulties everywhere. Think of the pilgrims that first Thanksgiving. Half their number dead, men without a country, but still there was Thanksgiving to God. Their gratitude was not for something, but in something. It was that same sense of gratitude that led Abraham Lincoln to formally establish the first Thanksgiving Day in the midst of a national civil war, when the list of casualties continued to grow and the very nation struggle for survival. Let us remember that out of great sufferings have come the greatest expressions of gratitude. This was possible only because their thanksgiving was firmly grounded in God himself and in his promises for us more than anything else. Amen? You know, lemons and oranges do have some similarities in their shape and color. But when they are squeezed, their true nature is revealed by the juice they produce. In the same way, Christians all look similar on the outside when they gather for worship. But the true nature of their faith and maturity is often revealed in how they react to the pressures of life that squeeze them with great force. When those whose faith has not yet come of age feel the squeeze of life, from them will come bitterness, blame, and frozen hearts. But out of true and mature Christians whose faith has fully come of age, out of them will flow the sweet juice of genuine and joyful thanksgiving amen Amen. let us pray loving God who is good to us beyond our understanding we give you thanks for your indescribable goodness and love in our lives help us not to forget your goodness and love in our lives and through our unending thanksgiving let you be God in our lives Teach us and guide us in your spirit that our thanksgiving may go beyond what you give us to who you are in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.